Okay, we are going to get going with um, Adult Sunday School. Is that better, Austin? Let's pray and then we'll get going. Father, thank you for... Thank you for the common grace in this room, Lord, that everybody is here in good enough health to be here, Father, that we can come and learn how to navigate this seemingly new world as Christians, as as people advocating for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Uh, Thank you, Father, for the common grace of the internet. And I pray that we would uh, be discerning and wise to all of the ways and all of the times that the internet is not so gracious and that we are tempted to not be so gracious on it. Um, So give us wisdom here, Father. Uh, May this be of help to your people and and this we ask in Jesus' name, amen. So the title of today's last class, can you turn me down quite a bit, Austin? Holding it quite far from my face. Keyboard Christians, this is the last class concluding our... um, Technology and Social Media Sunday School. Uh, So last week, Chris talked about um, Proverbs wisdom for what we take in online, how we discern things online, how we read stuff, so what goes in. And today we're going to talk about some Proverbs wisdom for what goes out. You know, how should we interact online, what kind of conversations are meant to be had online in the first place, and and all sorts of things like that. So we are going to get right into it. And... We are going to start with some groups. (laughs) Yeah, I got the clicker here, Jordan. I'm good. Thank you. Um, Some ladies are about to start handing you guys some notes, but the questions are on the screen here. So just let's do this for groups. We'll go everybody in this row, and Zane and McKenna, and on, will all be this group. This middle people here... Plus, Dave and Cindy can be the center group, and then you guys can be the far right group. So if everybody wants to merge into their groups. And there is the list of Proverbs to sort of go over. I'll give you maybe 10 or 12 minutes. I'll kind of just see how long you guys take, and when it gets quiet, I'll stop. But go over those Proverbs, and while you're going over them, ask, what do these verses tell us about how to speak online? So how do these verses show us how to output online? Um, And not just on social media. So for texts, direct messages, that's what the DMs there means. And how should this impact how Christians use these platforms and or ways of communicating. Also in your groups, don't be afraid to look ahead a few slides. There's some questions there we're going to go over when we get out of groups. Um, If you want to look ahead on those a little bit, if you have time and start thinking about those things, that's absolutely fine. So it should be in your notes and it's also up on the screen. So thank you. Hey guys, one thing I meant to um, specify or just clarify, if you read ahead on the questions, one term used there that I didn't really uh, clarify is echo chamber, and I don't want to take for granted that we all know what that means. I meant to change it, but realized this morning I didn't. Um, An echo chamber is just when you're online and your Facebook feed just keeps showing you things that you agree with because it knows you agree with them and want to hear them, and then all you see on your news, on your internet, is things in your worldview that you agree with and someone else who disagrees with you will see totally different things. Point being, you and that person will have different views of the world from what you're reading online and you'll both think that that's like the news, period. Does that make sense? That's an echo chamber. Or you're around a bunch of all your Facebook friends 
basically all you're hearing is things you agree with. That's an echo chamber. So just wanted to clarify that term. Thank you. Okay, we're going to wrap up group time. I wish I could have given you more time. Here's some good things being said, but we're going to run out of time if we don't. So, um, You guys can stay where you are if you'd like. You can go back to where you were. Uh, maybe every group should pick somebody to speak if not everybody likes speaking because I'm going to ask you to speak quite a bit. So what did you... Uh, what did, here? Better? Okay. Beautiful. What did you guys come up with for some um, bigger picture ideas with those proverbs? Not quite answering the slides ahead yet, but we'll, we'll start with this group here. Any thoughts are good. That's why I made them such general questions. Maybe to give you a yes or no question that's easier to answer. Is there a, a stark contrast between those proverbs and how they tell us to conduct ourselves and what most people do with their social media and internet, like even Christians? Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think so. Um, and we're going to get into that and uh, really test some of our motives today and even seemingly seemingly good things that we do online. Group two, do you guys have any big ideas that you're dying to share? Just need to get it out. Make a Facebook post about it. Yeah, yeah, thank you. One thing I want to clarify is that, like, going through this, like, even listening to um, Chris's from last week online, and then especially making this one, like, like I was convicted. Like, there's been more than one times where something I cooked has ended up on Facebook. So, don't don't think that this is. Um, and you're welcome, but don't think that this is me like condemning you all. You know, my Facebook, you should have seen my, um, I have sought my own glory many a times on Facebook. So this was convicting, edifying to me as well. So if I say something and the Holy Spirit uses it to speak to you and I make eye contact with you and it's awkward, I am a fellow sinner. Third group. We Right. Yeah, no, thanks, guys. Those are some, some good thoughts. And uh, you've guys got your notes there, and we're just going to go through these proverbs and get a little more specific and then uh, keep going from there. we got a lot to move through today, so I might not ask all the things I meant to ask. But So Proverbs 27.2, let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. So I heard you guys saying a lot of good things about where the line for this is. Biblically, according to this verse and what we've kind of made the line on Facebook, um, you guys, I mean, I'm not going to ask you, I heard you all saying that the line is quite different on Facebook than it is in the scriptures. Um, even, even things like, uh, 
I have this achievement, I got this new thing, this awesome thing happened, and all, all glory to God, right? Is that crossing the line? What do you guys think? Like, if we give all glory to God, we want to share some good news we got in our life with people on our Facebook. I think it's safe to say that it may not be crossing the line, but one question I want to ask is this. If that's all about God's glory, if we're using our Facebook, our Twitter, Instagram, whatever, for God's glory, and that's why we're posting new thing we got, new achievement, new phase of life... Why aren't we posting maybe more mundane things that glorify God way more than a new job or a new whatever, right? There's, there's several mundane things in our life every day that even though they seem mundane to the people in our life, like are a way bigger deal, God had to move way more uh, for that to happen. And so they might give God way more credit, way more glory. You know, you, you overcame a certain sin. You've been walking in, in a special season of holiness. And I guess, I mean, if you posted about that on Facebook too, that'd be, that'd be just as bad. But you guys see my point here. Um, we want people to want to be us. We, we long for people to be jealous of us, naturally, you know, um, very often anyway. And so, even if we're giving all glory to God when we post things, even if we're giving all the credit to God, if we go back on our Facebooks and see all of the things that we're giving glory to God for, it's very probable that that list of things we're giving glory to God for is, is also a list of things that people could very easily be jealous of us for, right? We don't very often give glory to God. So, so the point here is that test your motives. Like, is it really about God's glory if things that people wouldn't be jealous of that do also glorify God don't end up there. And I'm not saying that there's no time to rejoice with people who have been praying for you, you know. Um, Carson and I, our car got totaled. And then so the Lord provided a new one and so we texted friends and family who were praying for us to let them know, right? Uh, It wouldn't be beyond me to have posted that on Facebook, but... You know, so, so things like that, t- kind of testing your motives to see if it's really about God's glory. So, again, a practical tip for this one to obey this proverb online is think, would it be just as effective if I'm just trying to communicate this phase of life or this blessing or this thing that glorifies God to my friends and family, why not text it to the people who are actually invested, who actually care, right? Um, and sh- instead of showing it to all of the people who you may not have even spoken to, in quite a long time. So there's some, some practical help from that proverb online. Um, Proverbs 18.12. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Did anybody get to this part? Does anybody have any insight for, uh, I want to hear your guys' thoughts. I didn't hear anything about this listening, about what verse one might say about echo chambers online. I hope I define that clear enough. If anyone has a question about that, ask me, please. Yeah, so like an echo chamber is, if I add all the people who are my friends on Facebook, it's quite likely that most of them agree with me and then Facebook starts to pick up um, on the things that I agree with on my political views, things like that and it begins to mostly just just bask my page in things that I enjoy, things that I agree with, guys I like to hear and eventually my friends all agree with me every, po- uh, every post, every news article I'm seeing is in my worldview, and 
all I'm hearing is my own thoughts repeated back to me, right? And so I get the idea when that happens that what I'm seeing as news uh, is the news, like definitive. What I'm seeing as, you know, big new thing comes out with COVID research, like I think that that's the big new thing with really it's just Facebook repeating my thoughts back to me. And not just Facebook, other platforms too, but that's an example. So you, you only hear, it's like an echo. You just keep hearing your own thoughts repeated back to you and you feel like that's just what's going on in the world and so I must be on the right page. That's sort of what I mean by that. So I'll give you guys an example here um, and then I'm gonna tell you later why I shouldn't have done this. But first I'm gonna tell you why someone else shouldn't have done something else. Anyway, um, so, uh, so there was this lady, she posted on Facebook, Carson and I are quite close to her, she posted an article, it was a video actually, and, it's, and the, the big headline was uh, uh, COVID vaccine developer, mRNA vaccine developer gets arrested for crimes against humanity. And this man was in handcuffs and getting thrown into a cop car. She was like, hallelujah, you know, the Lord's bringing in the new order, this is great, um, they're finally bringing justice. And something I shouldn't have done, and I'll explain why later, but did do, I messaged this lady and I explained to her, this isn't true at all, actually. It takes you two clicks in a Google search to find out that this man is a university professor getting arrested for sleeping with one of his students. Has nothing to do with the, the vaccine, with the creator of it. That didn't even happen, like, at all, period, in any way. And there wasn't even a link you could click on. It was just, like, a very bad screen recording of a TikTok that somebody posted and so I, I confronted this lady in love, hopefully, and um, I explained to her, this is wrong, you know, like, we're, we're both Christians, and I know that, that you agree with this, this is in your echo chamber, right, but um, we should care about the truth, even if the truth doesn't always feed our political agenda, because as Christians, truth is above our political agenda, right? Like, we know the truth will never confront Christ or his word or his truth, but if it confronts our political ideology, well, that's okay, because that's not where our loyalty is. So anyway... Um, this lady knew after I pointed that out that that's not at all what was happening. She knew it was wrong and she left the post up. Like she, she left the post up, she took out her comment on the post and she said, well, I'm not saying anything about it now, I'm just sharing it. I took off my, my little blurb about it so really I'm not lying or spreading lies or anything but the point is, this woman was so invested in her echo chamber, she was so stuck in her worldview that even at the expense of a lie, at the, like at the expense of having to lie to support her view, hear her views back to her, uh, fantasize about this new you know, big uh, revolt with all of her friends, she left it up, right? And so echo chambers are a really powerful thing. We get into this mindset where we don't even care if it's true anymore, we just wanna leave it up. What does verse two say about those who need to be heard on social media? A fool takes no pleasure in understanding. She didn't want to understand that lady who I confronted, but in expressing his own opinion. What's funny is that this lady calls herself a truther, like, and there's some good things that have come out of the truther movement and some not so good things, but it's just funny that sometimes people who call themselves truthers, they actually don't care about the truth. They care about what, whatever the big media is not saying. The big point here, guys, is that truth, truth is paramount on social media, you know? But going on to verse two, um, people who need to be heard on social media, they're a fool. The Bible calls them a fool, you know? Like uh, whether they're 
posting three times a day about how angry they are about the new liberal thing, whether they're posting all of their opinions on even a good thing, a, a good theology thing, and we'll get, on, we'll get into that a little more later, the scripture calls them a fool. So Christians are told to be salt and light, so there's some tension here. Okay, we're supposed to be salt and light. The internet has opened up a whole new way for us to be salt and light on a massive scale, so is the internet a viable way that we can be salt and light without disobeying these proverbs, without being found needing to express our opinions all the time? That's coming up. But you can... Yeah. If it's, it's not set up to facilitate understanding. Yeah. Like you think about Twitter and 140 characters, or maybe it's 280 now, but, uh, or even just, you know, you walk on Facebook, what's on your mind is right there at the top. Yeah. It's not, it's, not facil- it's not set up to encourage thinking and, and careful reflection. It's all set up to just enable you to express your opinion as quick as you can. Like it's basically just geared towards yeah, no, it definitely takes advantage and capitalizes on our on our sin nature. So, good point, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, and that's that's going to come out later in the last set of proverbs. So these first two are are good wisdom, but the last set of proverbs is what I really want to get into at the end. So I'm going to keep trucking along here. But but if anybody has anything to say or any questions, shout it out. I'll make do. So um, Proverbs twenty six four: Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his folly lest he be wise in his own wise in his own eyes 98 do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you reprove a wise man and he will love you give instruction to a wise man and he will still be wiser teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning so the internet is where almost all debate happens today and this is some proverbs wisdom for debate how to debate wisely and the question we have to ask ourselves is like Chris was just asking, is it even possible that this can happen online? Is this kind of debate intended? Has anybody ever once, ever, since you were born, and do you expect until you die to ever once, ever, have Proverbs 9-8 happen on a Facebook argument? You rebuke somebody in the comments, and then they love you, and then they see the error of their ways, and then they turn their life around and change, and now they're right just like you, and the whole world is green again. No, like, we don't expect that to happen on Facebook. That probably won't happen on Facebook because Facebook's not designed for this sort of discussion to happen. And so the reason that most debate happens online today is because it's actually, you don't have to follow these rules online, right? Talking to people's faces is, is quite different. And so these verses regulate how we should act online as Christians, maybe by just, you know, the Proverbs don't always tell us here's how I'm going to say what I need to say online. Sometimes the lesson from the Proverbs is I don't actually need to say any of this online. Like none of this can be said in a helpful way online. So don't hear today, oh, all the things you want to say, say them, just say them like this. Sometimes it's like, just don't say them. Please don't say them. (laughs) So how can these verses help us bring honor to Jesus when we interact with these ideas? Well, just sometimes silence glorifies God more than, you know, there's a proverb that says even, even, um, even a fool is considered wise when he keeps silent, right? So, some notes on Christian conduct. Um, Well, just some verses. So we're just going to rapid fire through these and then we're going to kind of 
do an if, if this, then this. So Romans 14, 19. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Proverbs 3.30. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Somebody online in the comments who you've never met has done you no harm. You know, don't contend with that man for no reason. Titus 3.1-2. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities. Titus isn't telling us to vent about them all the time online. Be submissive to rulers and authorities. To be obedient. To be ready for every good work most of which can't happen online, to speak evil of no one, to speak evil of no one. So what if they're like, can we speak evil of people if they're, if they're really bad politicians and they're just depressing our country? Can Christians speak evil of them and then you know, put massive swear word Trudeau flyers on their semi-trailers and on their Facebook page and, and that's Christian virtue because, I mean, Jesus was a conservative and, and Jesus was a conservative and Justin Trudeau was a, You know what I mean? So you guys see what I'm saying, right? Speak evil of no one. Be submissive. Like, like period, guys. We're not permitted to speak evil of... And there's some guys in my life um, who I've had this conversation with countless times and sometimes it just seems like they're actually more concerned with being a conservative and a loud one on Facebook than they are with being a Christian, right? And you know that because, remember, like if people say, oh, but God knows my heart, it's like, well, actually, your Facebook page shows your heart, your action shows your heart. They're okay to disobey Jesus. They're abs- they don't even flinch when they disobey Christ's command through Paul here to speak evil of nobody. Because paramount to that is expressing my opinion and propagating a political agenda, spreading a political agenda. So is this about Christianity or is this about your politics? And Jesus is sort of usually a footnote to conservative politics and, you know, Merry Christmas, don't say Xmas, they're taking away happy holidays, don't say, you know what I mean? So um, you guys are understanding what I'm saying. I think like there's that whole Facebook culture out there. Some of you know it, some of you don't. Um, It's pretty embarrassing for Christians. you know what, I, I was just going to say something, I'll say it later. makes more sense later. So, contrast that to keyboard con- uh, conduct. We are prone to boasting. Every, like I said, we want people to want to be us. And I think if we look at our Facebook, the way we glorify God on there, we can affirm that. Uh, we are prone to echo chambers. All of us, not just people who end up in them. Anybody who's outside of one right now is outside of one by the grace of God. We are prone to having the mic drop statement. So Carson can attest to this. When I was 16, I used to get into internet debates all the time. Like I thought I was earning glory badges in heaven every time I would win one. And I would spend so, so long, like a really long time in my reply to somebody. I actually think this is what developed like a systematic theology mindset in me. Someone would say something silly about the Bible. And in my reply, I wouldn't just say, that's silly, here's why. I would have like five paragraphs 
pre-thinking every reply that they could ever have to my to my reply and just just answering that ahead of time so that by the time my comment was done and they read it they're like oh I have nowhere else to go and that was that was pretty quickly spoiled when I realized that actually I wasn't the smartest guy online and there was arguments against my arguments and things like that but the point is I wanted to have the mic drop statement I wanted my comment to be the last thing needed to be said I wanted people to look at me and go wow he's so smart right everybody wants to have the mic mic drop statement that is that's what we're prone to as Christian or as as people, not as Christians. We have a new man in us. My bad, but but as sons of Adam, we want that. People are prone uh, prone to slander. Chris touched on this last week. A lot of things that we don't think of as slander really actually is just slander. We're prone to desire to be vindicated in an argument. We want to be right. We want people to know we're right. We can't just scroll past if we see someone who's wrong because then the world might end. So the point is that social media takes advantage of all of these flaws in us. You know, Chris was talking about that earlier. Social media recognizes our sins and says, how can we play on these to make advertising money, to make more activity online, to make people post more, interact with things more, to make people angrier, you know? People who are tranquil and calm and content and at peace, when you're there, do you feel the need to tell everyone what you're thinking, why they're wrong, why you're, things like that? No. No, these things are designed to capitalize on these flaws in us. And if we don't master, master these flaws in us, we'll just be enslaved by social media. These things will become our master. You know, Paul says, all things are lawful to me. Facebook's lawful for Christians. There's, there's no law against Facebook in the scriptures. But Paul also says, not all things are beneficial, and I will be brought under the power of none. I won't be enslaved to any. And so if we're running our mouths on Facebook all the time, if we're boasting on Facebook all the time, anything like we've gone over, we're a slave to it. We're letting it have power over us because we're letting it capitalize on our flesh. So what? Who cares? So with all of this in mind, are God-honoring conversations and debates, as pointed out by, as outlined by the Proverbs and by some other scriptures we looked like, are these debates even designed to be had online? Is it even possible? What do you guys think? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, uh, one of the things that you said that was really getting on Facebook is that it's just not designed for that. Mm-hmm. Because you have a lot of people with different agendas, different commitments, mm-hmm. different values, and you're all kind of throwing that all together. Right. Where, I guess, think back to the seminary online and we have a discussion question. Like, they're pretty, like, debatable topics we have to work through. But we all kind of have a shared sense of commitment to Yeah, but you're, you're totally right there, Brad. So like another example is uh, Morgan Allen had us do replies and responses on Neo to big ideas. And again, you know, a bunch of Bible college students with a shared commitment to be respectful, to see, seek the scriptures, right? And uh, 
so yeah, there is exceptions where those things are are meant to happen online. And even then, I think you'd agree with me there's a limit because that's interacting with ideas, but now if you needed to interact with that person on a personal level, they're saying something that's heresy, they're conducting themselves not like a Christian, like that, I, I don't know if there is any way that that can happen online effectively. Like, and by online, I mean even in text, even in messaging, things like that. So... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that that's Yeah. No, that's perfect. And that that gets right into the um how does remembering that the medium is the message uh affect affect how we, what's it say there? Impact how or if we communicate or post on social media. You know, so even if I want to post something that's true, something that's good, something that's upright, I have to be mindful that almost always I'm posting it, it's probably going to end up on someone's feed right above or right below something really insignificant. And if you guys go back and remember how Chris was talking about the medium is the message, we don't want, we don't want glorious truths of the Christian faith paired up with insignificant things because then what's that do? It levels it all out, right? And so are these platformed even, even designed to, you know, the medium is the message. You're bang on, like, on top of all of that, yeah, you're right. Like, people won't even... There's so much that gets communicated with body language and tone of voice that won't happen here. So that's spot on. That's exactly where I was going with that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And one great practical way to do all this, guys, like one thing that I'm becoming very much appreciative of after developing this is articles. Like, I think sharing an article is a good way to communicate an idea, an idea online if you must. And here's why. A, you don't get any glory you didn't, you didn't earn or deserve, right? Like, we're not as entitled to our opinions as we think we are, and our opinions aren't as great or as special as we think they are, and we just heard some other guy say it usually, and then we post it on our Facebook. But if you post an article, you don't get the glory for that. Somebody knows somebody else wrote that, A. B, somebody clicks on that page and it takes them away from Facebook. Now, now the truths that they're reading is no longer spatially located right above or right below something stupid, right? It, it does a better job of making it less leveled out. C, articles are a lot longer than a tweet can be, lots of times than a Facebook post are. So way more times than not in articles, an idea gets way more thoughtfully developed. So that's just a little plug for, if you must communicate an, an idea online, I think an article is a practical, better way to do it than posting it yourself. Um, we're running low on time, so we're going to truck through the last bit. But really good thoughts, guys. I'm really appreciating that. So how then should we post? Well, if we must post, think, is it boastful, even if it's a holy boast? 
Is it helpful or needed to voice my opinion now? Why can this be done in a more personal way? So, oh, I know this guy believes that. I'm going to post an article about why that's wrong so he sees it and go to his face. Otherwise, you're being a coward and you're worse than he is for being wrong, right? Is the discussion I'm having designed by God to be had this way? I think we touched on that pretty thoroughly. So if we have to post, use social media like a wartime tool. I get that wartime tool analogy from John Piper. You know, this is war. How are we, how are we using our resources? But social media will only ever be a Swiss army knife at best. It will never be a tank. The big things in the kingdom of God, the big ideas, those happen in relationships. Those happen from the pulpit. Those happen at personal relational ways, right? That God has designed in his word. The big tank, the big moves, the big wartime victories, they will never happen on social media, ever. But Facebook can be a a handy Swiss army knife, you know? It's not ever gonna do very much damage. It's not gonna win the battle. But you might get in a situation where it's just helpful, handy, you know, like so post an event on Facebook maybe as a reminder for people, things like that. So use it as a wartime tool. But remember, it's never going to be the big victorious thing. And when we try and make it that, we look silly. We look like a man running at a tank with a Swiss Army knife is what we look like. There's way bigger things going on in the world than Facebook can handle. Remember that Christ owns you. You don't have a personal agenda anymore as a Christian. Uh, Your political leaders that you might root for and vote for, and that's fine, that's not paramount. Christ owns you, and you represent a kingdom not of this world, and your posts have a direct impact on how people see Jesus Christ. So as an example here that we were talking about, how many people now, because of social media, because of what Christians post all the time and what they prioritize and what they propagate more than the gospel, how many people who aren't Christians now think to be a Christian means that we love everybody, that we forgive everybody just because they're so awesome? And on the other side, how many people think that being a Christian means that you're a freedom-loving conservative? Being a Christian doesn't mean that. Some things might be synonymous, or not synonymous, some things might be congruent with the Christian faith in some of those views, but because of how we represent Christ online, I think people today think that being a Christian is way less than it actually is. Any thoughts? I wanted to leave some time for thoughts, but we're kind of out of time, so maybe talk to me after otherwise. That's all the ideas that I had today, guys. Um, If you have a question or a thought about it, remember, don't post about it. Talk about it. Uh, Let's pray real quick, and then we'll go. Father, thank you for the tool of the internet, and God, let us use it exactly like that, like a tool. Um, Lord, bless us with discernment and wisdom as we go. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.